All right, guys, it's good to know he's still alive, eh? He is, man, and he is a good God who is still, he, Jesus told us God is always working. Even in the midst of COVID, he's working. Even in the midst of earthquakes, he's working. And he is alive and well. And man, it is so great. And by the way, can I just say from here, you guys look really good. So here we go, everybody. We got, hold on, hold on, I'm gonna get my video going. Here we go, all right. Come on, man, give me a hoop and a holler. Excellent. Well, man, uh, tonight, um, I just wanna take this, my portion here to share with you. Um, I just wanna celebrate, and I wanna celebrate the creation of the church and give you, and just help us to remember again, God's great vision that he has for us. And here's the statement that I'm gonna share with us tonight. That what it, what it means to be a great church in the midst of great turmoil. How do you be a great church in great turmoil? Does anybody know we're in some great turmoil? Okay, so, and I know it's different for everybody, but I saw a post not too long ago that, hit, that made it clear for me. It said this, 1918, Spanish flu. 1930s, Great Depression. 1960s, racial divide and protest. 2020, give me a beer. And, when, it, and when, I, when I saw that, it just hit me. It's like, yeah, in the history books. Oh, by the way, since we live in Utah, let's just throw in an earthquake good for good measure, right? But when I read that, I just thought, in the history books, one of the things that we've been going through was enough. And yet now we are experiencing, just in the last six months, all of these things together. And so, how do you be a great church in the midst of great turmoil. Well, Jesus, in Colossians chapter 115, it says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. So we literally, people who were on earth while Jesus was here, they got to see in the image of Christ, the invisible God. Well, do you know what Jesus calls us? He calls the church his body. So you know what the church is? The church is the image. It's supposed to be the image of Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible Christ, who all of us, now we are, we're gonna celebrate baptisms tonight. And Monique, thanks so much for sharing your story. We're excited for what God's doing in you. But that's the point. Christ comes inside of us. And so now the world has a chance in the midst of all of this turmoil, to actually see the beauty and the hope and the strength and the love of Jesus Christ. But his whole plan was, I want you to be the image of me, to be able to give the hope to the world. And so I'm gonna be in 1 Thessalonians today. And in 1 Thessalonians, right at the very beginning, uh, Paul is writing this new church. And he says in verses two and three, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And by the way, uh, we are praying for you. We are praying all the time and we thank God for you too. And here's what he says that he prays them for and he thanks them for. We remember before our God and Father 
your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you. This church, Paul's like, I just thank God for you because I see your faith and your love and your hope and it produces a life that the world that needs to know there's hope has because they see it in you. So in verses six and seven, here's what he says. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Okay, did you guys see that? He says, you became imitators of Jesus. So again, he's saying, people get to see me when they look at you. And then he says this fantastic phrase, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You became a model. You became the example. In other words, this church in Thessalonica, Thessalonica became a great church. They were the model church. He was like, all over, the whole area is looking at you because you look like me. And by the way, he says that when they started the church, they were experiencing severe suffering and trial. It was a difficult season for these guys. They were a great church in great turmoil. So let me just pray for us. And I'm gonna go through just four things that the book of 1 Thessalonians shows us about how you and I today in 2020, in the midst of the turmoil that's going on in our world, we can be a great church, all right? So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for everyone who's here tonight. I thank you for the beautiful weather. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the love that you have for everyone who's here tonight. And I'm asking in Jesus' name, God, would you meet us? Would you speak to us? Would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? Would you give us vision, God, of what a great church looks like in great turmoil. And may K2, the church, look like Jesus. May we be imitators of you so that the world who needs hope so bad can see it through us. We pray for it in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, could you give me a water? Sorry. All right. So here's the first thing that they say when they see a great church in great turmoil. A great church in great turmoil receives God's word. It receives God's word. Thank you so much. And you guys, that's exactly like Jesus. Jesus did that all the time. In fact, you guys hear me say this You guys hear me say this so much that Jesus said, I never do anything on my own, but whatever the father shows me, whatever he tells me, he goes, that's what I do. And so if we're gonna imitate Jesus, if we're gonna look like him, then we need to as well receive God's word because that's what Jesus did. And this church did this. In chapter one, verse six, it says this. 
You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. You welcome the message. When I read that about a month ago, I just thought of that great picture of being able to welcome somebody. You know, uh, this week, earlier this week, I was up at a friend's house up in Park City and at the front of their home, they have a deck that kind of overlooks and we were sitting at the front of the home. And while we were having our conversation, this really nice young man came up. He had a blue shirt on, little label on his, on his chest over here. And he was trying to sell pest control. And, uh, and the guy came up and he, and he started asking questions. He's hollering up to us on the, on the, uh, the deck and he's like, hey, do you happen to have pest control? And, and my friend Leif, he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, we've already taken that. We have a company. We have, we have a two-year uh, commitment with them. And this guy, because he's trained, man, he wouldn't give up. And he kept asking and begging to be able to talk to somebody about pest control. And you know what? He never got welcomed into that home. <laughs> Why? Because my friend Leif, he had no interest in what the guy was actually selling. Now, how different is that than when you welcome somebody into your home? Anybody want to be able to do that again? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic to be able to welcome somebody into your home? Can I just tell you, all you got to do is move to Mississippi. Okay? My wife and my kids and I, we just spent two weeks in Mississippi. I don't think they know that COVID even exists. <laughs> everybody's loving and hugging. And I mean, and it was, I got to tell you, it felt really good <laughs> because when somebody you love knocks on your door, in fact, when you know when, someone, when somebody's coming to your house, you kind of are even looking out the window and you can't wait because when they knock, when they knock on your door, you open up the door and you say, come on in. You guys, a great church in the midst of great turmoil has that attitude towards God's word. And Paul said, when we gave you guys the message, you welcomed it. You opened up the door and you said, bring it. Come on in. I want you in my home. So I just want to encourage you again, man, if we're going to be a great church, if we're going to be like Christ, in the midst of great turmoil, then all of our hearts, when God's knocking on the door, when you listen to the rest of my messages, I share with you God's word. A great church goes, bring it. Come on in. I am welcoming you, God. I want you inside my heart. And then, and then later in chapter two, verse 13, he says this. We also thank God continually because... When you receive the word of God, okay, which is what all of us are doing tonight, he goes, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Man, I, I love that phrase. You guys, a great church is a church that when they hear, like you're gonna hear tonight, when we hear the word of God, we don't receive it as just a human word. 
You don't receive it as something where you go, well, I'll think about it. Let me, let me debate. Let me see if it fits in my life. Let me see if it works for me. No. God, Paul's like, we are so grateful for you because when you received the word of God, you received it as it actually is, not a human word, but a word that's from God. And I wanna tell you guys, I just wanna say that's when our lives change. When we go into God's word, when we hear his word, a great church goes, wait, this is God speaking to me. This is the one who created me. This is the one who saved me. This is the one who loves me. This is the one who knows everything that's right for me. So man, if we're gonna be a great church in the midst of great turmoil, then we're a great church. We receive the word of God as it is his word. And so can I just, can I just tell you, and so here's some application for you on this one. In 2020, we have more access to the word of God than ever. I mean, we might not be meeting in that building over there, but you guys know this, every Sunday, we are preaching and we are speaking and we are giving you God's word. Every Wednesday, took a little break while I was gone in Mississippi. Every Wednesday night, we are giving you God's word to encourage you right in the middle of the week. And by the way, I say this all the time, the best preachers in the world are available to you on podcasts and you can watch their services. You guys, if we're gonna be a great church, then be a church that receives the word of God, that welcomes it into your heart because he says, it is indeed at work in you. And then we'll be just like Jesus because we'll be hearing from God and we'll be moving with him, all right? So that's the first thing a great church does is it receives the word of God. Here's the second thing. A great church in great turmoil has reckless faith. A great church in great turmoil has reckless faith. Listen to this about this church in the midst of severe suffering. 1 Thessalonians 1.8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, which is the whole area, the whole region, it's Greece basically, Macedonia is all of Greece. And then it says, your faith in God has become known everywhere. That's crazy. See, Paul's going, this is a model church, man. This is a great church. And somehow their faith was made known everywhere. And I'm sitting there and thinking about that, like how in the world does our faith get made known everywhere? And remember what he thanked him for at the very beginning? He goes, I thank you for your work which is produced by faith. When you believe in God, you guys, and when you receive his word as it actually is from God, he said, again, God's word indeed goes to work in you. And then when you have faith, you know what you do? You do whatever God tells you to do. And you actually are doing things for God. And then guess what? People hear about that and your faith begins to become known like this church everywhere. And so I, I just wanna thank you. So I'm gonna take a little bit of time here and I just wanna thank you 
because one of the coolest things that's happened here with K2 is you guys have been a church that's continuing to have reckless faith in God in the midst of the turmoil. And one of the ways that you're saying yes to God is you're still continuing to be faithful to give. And this is no small thing, because I know when this first started happening and the virus hit, churches were really nervous. And I just want to say, way to go, K2, because you have been, yeah, give yourself, give yourself a round of applause because you guys have been so faithful. I mean, the budget that we set before this whole thing happened, you are maintaining it right there and you're just being faithful in your giving to God. Now, a great church in the midst of great turmoil has reckless faith in God. So you keep doing what he's asked you to do. Now that's what the Thessalonians did. Listen to this. This is actually Paul in another book in 2 Corinthians talking about this church. Here's what he says. Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And again, Thessalonica's in Macedonia. Macedonia is like Greece, and then Thessalonica is a city in there. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to us also. Paul's going, you guys, you guys, do you see why they're the model church to all the believers? Because even in the midst of turmoil and severity, they welled up with great joy and rich generosity and they pleaded and urged with an opportunity to give to people. That's fantastic. And I just wanna say thank you because you guys have remained faithful in that and well. And what he says here, he says, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. And I think when he says, they gave first of all to the Lord, that's our tithe. That's, that's we've, we've taught you guys, the tithe is simply the first thing that I give back to God, the first thing I do with my money because he's first in my life, because he matters more to me than anything else, because I love him and I have faith in him, then the first thing goes to God and I just tithe right to the church. He goes, that's what the Thessalonians were doing. And then after they gave to the Lord first out of reckless faith, then he says they gave to us because what Paul was doing was he's saying, guys, there's lots of people in trouble and we need to help our brothers and sisters who are in need. And then they gave to those who are in need. And can I just say this too, man? You guys are killing it on K2 Cares. How, how many of you guys have actually looked on K2 Cares and seen what's going on there? Okay, if you're on Facebook, you need to go to K2 Cares. It's amazing to watch because all it is is a Facebook page where people put a need on and as soon as that need arises, immediately what you see is other people hopping on there and saying, I'll meet that need. Here's a need, I'll meet that need. Here's a need, I'll meet that need. Man, I just wanna say, way to go, K2. You are doing an amazing job of having reckless faith and that's a great church in the midst of great turmoil. But here's the second thing they do with faith. It says, they tell how you turn to God from idols 
to serve the living and true God. You turned from idols so that you could serve the one and only true God. And you guys, that's what faith is. Faith is I am no longer gonna put my trust in the American dream, in finances, in my job, in my health, in another human being. I'm no longer gonna serve my own selfish interests. Instead, I'm turning, I'm turning, the great churches turn from worshiping these idols, anything that means more to you than God, and you'd serve the living God. Now, here's the question. How do you serve God? How do you be a great church in the midst of great turmoil? By serving God. You serve each other. And you serve the world. That's how you do it. And so, I, again, I just want to celebrate you guys. So, we know that a major need right now in our community is in, that, in our health community is the need for blood. And so we put out, right, a blood drive, happened right here in this building. And the coolest thing was we had to tell the Red Cross to up the numbers four times. So way to go. I mean, seriously, way to go, you guys. It was like, it was awesome. Rachel Wilford was leading that cause and they kept telling us like, all right, we're already full. And Rachel's like, I think we could get some more. And they go, all right, we'll try. Boom, we fill it up. I think we can get some more. And you guys just kept filling it up. And by the way, you know what was so cool? So I'm sitting there, getting my blood drawn out, passing out. No, I didn't pass out. I was cool. But I'm laying there getting my blood drawn out. And this gal, two gals who were working with me, this one gal said, she goes, I can just say this. She goes, I'm not religious. I don't go to church. She goes, but if I would go to church, I'd come to a church like this. I'd come to a church like this. And all she saw was that this was a group of people who served other people. You guys, great churches in the midst of great turmoil. Fine, this is an amazing opportunity, actually, to show the love of God. So then what do we do? We're like, okay, we also know that there's a lot of people who are struggling financially and who actually literally just need some food. So we put together our food drive and you guys knocked it out of the park. We had more people volunteer than we could use, so we totally filled it up. Over 60 of you volunteered. Our youth went out and they purchased everything. Those of you who couldn't actually volunteer, you gave over $2,500 in donations so that we would have food to serve those who are hungry. Come on, man, give it up for yourself. That's awesome. Like, way to go. See, and when, the, when, the, when, when Paul said, your faith in God is known everywhere. Your faith in God doesn't get known everywhere if all you do is sit in a building and sing songs and worship him, which is important. <laughs> but your faith gets known when you're out serving God by serving people. And I just wanna tell you my two quick stories on that because everybody kind of drove through there. I just would stand right by their window and <laughs> ask them to roll down the window. And then I'd just say, hey, what's your name? And this one van pulled up and it was a young guy, young dad. He was probably about 30 years old. And uh, he got out of the car. He had two little kids in car seats in the back. And he got out of the car and he just said, man, thank you so much. He goes, this is so hard. And already tears are welling up in his eyes. We go back around to the corner, pick up his, the lid of his car and he comes back and he goes, 
my wife's at home. I've got two more. I've got a newborn at home. He goes, I just can't thank you enough. See, that's, that's a real need. And then another gal pulls up and I ask her to roll down the window and she rolls down the window. I say, hey, what's your name? And she tells me her name and we're packing up food in the back. And the other thing we had was coffee. And we, so we just would ask people, say, hey, do you want some coffee too? And the gal, and I say, hey, would you like some coffee? And she said, well, actually I'm homeless. And so I don't really have a, have a way to make coffee. So I'm looking at this gal and she's so sweet. And her eight-year-old boy is sitting in the passenger seat. And so I said, well, so where are you staying? She's like, we're just on the street. And I'm just, I, I, all of a sudden my heart just broke and I'm like, I cheated. And I said, put another box in this car. You guys, this is the church meeting the needs. When Jesus said, you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. Man, if we're gonna be like Jesus, you guys, if we're gonna let the world see that he's compassionate and gracious and loving and kind and that he cares, then we gotta be a church that has reckless face, that serves the living God, all right? Those are the first two. Here's the third thing that a great church does in the midst of great turmoil is we love each other. We love each other. And again, that means we're just being like Jesus. Because when Jesus was on the earth, man, he got a group of people together with him and he lived life with them. That's kind of why we call our groups life together groups. Because we just want to look like Jesus. And remember what Paul said to the Thessalonians? He said, you became imitators of Jesus. So if we're going to be imitators of Jesus, if we're going to look like him, if, we're gonna, if the world is going to see the invisible Christ through his body on earth, the church, then we need to love each other. He said, in fact, that's what he said. This is how the world will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So to the Thessalonians, here's what he said. Now about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. I love that. He basically says, I don't even need to write anything to you about loving one another because you guys got this down. You're the model church. You love each other. And here's what he says. In fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you brothers and sisters to do this more and more. We urge you brothers and sisters, you are the model church. You are the example to all the churches. You look like Jesus. And even though you're loving one another, I urge you, he says, in the midst of turmoil, to be a great church in great turmoil, love each other more and more. And I want to tell you, man, we need it. We need it. How many of you have needed at some point in these last two or three months to be loved maybe a little more special than you normally do? Anybody? Okay. I have. I've had a few times during this season where it's been super hard, where all of a sudden my energy is just sapped, where all of a sudden the, the weight and the pressure of things and everybody's got it. Let's love each other more and more. So here, let, me, let me ask you a question. Why are we here tonight? Why are we here tonight? Because how many of you were like, I gotta be together with some other people? 
<laughs> you were like, I want to gather together as the church. Can I tell you? Monique, here's what's really cool. Now that Jesus Christ is living inside of you and the rest of you who are getting baptized, when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, the Spirit of God comes inside you. And he's called the Spirit of unity. The Spirit of God loves every one of his children. And so what happens is, as soon as you receive the Spirit of God, you get drawn to other believers in Christ. And, and, and it's not even you. It's the Spirit inside of you. You know, people will say to me all the time, it's like, you know, wait a second, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And I'm like, you are absolutely right. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. But if you're going to heaven, you're part of the church. If you're going to heaven, it means the spirit of God is living inside of you. And the spirit of God actually is what creates the church. In Acts chapter two, when the church first started and they gathered together, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the gathering, to the fellowship in their homes. They ate together. They were together, together, together. Hey guys, how do we be a great church in the midst of great turmoil? I can tell you this right now. The Thessalonians were under severe persecution and pressure. And there is no way that they were doing this, even this. They couldn't gather out in front of everybody or else they could lose their lives. But you know what they were doing? They were loving each other and they were getting together. In the midst of this day where we might not be able to just meet like we normally do, I just wanna say thank you to Derek and to Rachel, to Kip, to our Life Together team, and to all of our Life Together leaders. Would you guys just give a big round of applause to our Life Together leaders here? This is awesome. Seriously. Because I, I just gotta tell you, if the Spirit of God's inside of you, He's always wooing you to be together so that we will love one another. And man, and you know what's interesting? Remember what he said, Paul said at the beginning? He said, I thank God for you because of your labor produced by love. This is interesting. Because he says, I thank God for your deeds, for your work that's produced by faith. So when you have faith in God, you do stuff. Listen to this though. But when you have love, it produces labor. You know what that word actually means? It means a beating. It means to get beat. It's toil. It's not just work. It's toilsome. It's hard. But here's what we know. Right now, people are in need and we need to labor in love. And if you have love inside your heart, the love of God who lays down his life, right? That's the love of Jesus. We're gonna be like Jesus. He lays down his life for his friends. That's labor. It's not just hanging out and having a good time and go, no, I am in life together because I'm drawn together by the spirit of God. And in the midst of turmoil, I'm gonna make sure as a follower of Jesus 
that I am encouraging people, that I am strengthening their faith, that I'm calling them, that I'm texting them, that I'm emailing them, that if I am in a Life Together group, I'm faithful to show up because you guys, right now, we need to love one another. And it's a labor of love. And a great church in the midst of great turmoil. Paul says, he Thessalonians, I don't even have to tell you this because you love all the believers. Hey, a couple application points for you right here. Derek and Rachel already hit it. You guys, if you're not in life together, I'm just gonna be totally honest with you. My biggest burden as a pastor of K2, I am so grateful for our Life Together groups and our team is pouring into the leaders. And I know if people are in life together, man, they have a, you have a great shot of being cared for and encouraged and supported and strengthened in your faith. But my biggest concern is for those of you guys who aren't, because then I, I don't know who's loving you. I don't know who's caring for you. I don't know who's strengthening you. So, so again, if you're part of the church, the spirit inside of you says get connected to other people because great churches and great turmoil have great love for each other, all right? And here's the last one really quickly. Great churches and great term, turmoil ring out. <laughs> they ring out. Listen to this passage. Chapter one, verse eight says this. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. The word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. You guys, a great church in the midst of great turmoil brings out the message of God. Yes, your faith and your service to God is known everywhere because you're loving people and people are hearing about it. But just doing the acts of service aren't enough. People need the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And great churches in great turmoil ring out that message. And you, can, I, can I tell you, here's the craziest thing. Like I know when we started doing church online and it, and it was, I mean, I was, I was frustrated and bummed just like you. It's like, man, this is so weird. And then you know what happened? And I kept hearing stories. We were having people listening to our messages, watching K2 live all over the nation. There are people who are now attending K2 who live in Washington. That's crazy. There are, there, we even have friends who live around the world who are actually coming in. You know what? This is an opportunity. Do you guys catch this? Like we could say, man, the church, it's like, this is so hard. I think God's going, hard? This is awesome. I have given you guys an amazing opportunity to put your faith in me and to serve so that your faith can be known everywhere, to love each other like you've never loved each other and to get the message out. It can ring out. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I have, I have upped my game. I am praying like I've never prayed before for the people I know who need to hear the good news of Jesus. You guys, the world's looking for something. My job isn't secure. My health isn't secure. My finances aren't secure. My relationships aren't secure. What's gonna be the anchor for my soul? 
as we went through Hebrews 12, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will be your anchor. So I want to encourage you to pray, and then I want you to be encouraged. Be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your family members. Share the good news. Come on, man. We have hope right now. When everybody doesn't have hope, let's bring that message out. And the other thing I I want to encourage you to do, take our messages and share them. Like go to Facebook, go to go to Instagram, go to our webpage, but man, hit that button and say, hey, listen, or do a, a watch party, invite people. You have friends who are just sitting home and they have a chance to hear the gospel, all right? So let's be a great church in the midst of great turmoil. And let's receive the word of God as it is, the word from God that works in me. And then let's have reckless faith and let's serve him by serving people Let's have reckless faith and love by loving each other. And let's be a great church in the midst of great turmoil. And let's let the world know there's hope in the midst of all this despair. Amen? Amen. All right. God, I pray for K2, the church. God, may you help us by your grace be imitators of Jesus. May when people see us, We be the body of Christ, that they see you, Jesus, because we're like you, because we receive from God, because we do what he tells us to do, because we love each other, and because we tell everyone about the message that they can be reconciled to you. God, help us to see what it is to be a great church in great turmoil, with great love and great faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here we go. We are now going to celebrate the fact that the church is getting bigger because we have people who are getting baptized. All right, give it up for these people who are getting baptized. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to announce their names. When I announce your name for getting baptized, would you just walk right up here and stand up front because I want everybody to see you. All right. So we've got Hannah and Sarah Frost. Where's Hannah and Sarah? Come on, girls. Come on up here. We've got Avery Hurd. Avery, come on, give it up for Avery. This is so cool. Man, I love it when I see kids getting baptized the same age I gave my life to Christ. This is exciting. All right, we've got Anthony Farias. Anthony, come on. Here he comes, sweet. We've got Ryan Kuiman. Ryan. All right, man, here he comes, fantastic. We've got Abby and Brandon Johnson. Excellent. And Monique, come on. Here she comes, guys. All right, let's give it a great applause for these guys. And I just want to remind all of us again that baptism is not what saves you, but as soon as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he says, if you receive me, if you put you, believe in me, and if you receive me, he goes, then you are born again of my spirit and you have become my child and forever. And so again, we're gonna celebrate the beautiful symbolism of when they go down into that water, he says, don't you know that when you were baptized with my spirit, you were baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. You're identified with him and all of your sin, all of it is wiped away and washed clean. 
And then he says, but if you've been baptized into his death, you have been baptized into his resurrection and will raise these guys out of the water because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. And we celebrate that fact. So that's what we're gonna do here today. And while we do that, our worship team, we're just gonna worship. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna praise God while we're baptizing and give God thanks and praise for who he is and for the life he gives us. So everybody stand up and let's worship God while we celebrate our baptisms.